share some additional words with you from Dad and beyond. Come on up. Are you okay with that, Mike? Good morning. Before I get started with the scripted sermon and um, testimony here, just let me say how much I appreciate every one of you. Sharon, we've been praying for you every day and your precious husband who's now walking the streets of glory. He made it. We're so thankful. We're thankful we knew him. We're thankful you brought him. God bless you, and he will. He'll continue lifting you up. Latia, thank you for being here this morning. We don't know you yet, but we hope to get to know you. But the Lord impressed me that you are a person who loves him greatly and he has a love for you and a plan for your life and for you to keep searching for him because he will lead you day by day and step by step. And to this precious couple here this morning that was here last week, I wasn't able to get to you before you'd slipped out last week. I hope we can this week to learn who you are and appreciate you being here. Thank you, and I hope God blesses you in your visit here today as last week. You know, I'd like to say that, is this too loud, Andrew? It sounds kind of loud to me. If, it, if it's not too loud to everybody else, that's okay. As you know, last week, Jim was here and he was so very, very weak, but he wanted to be here because he had a message to deliver. And it's the cry of his heart to deliver a message when the Lord gives him one. But on Monday, as a result of the effort that it took for him to be here, and many of you have seen him this week, so you know I'm telling you the truth, he was completely done in and wiped out. He hardly woke up all day Monday, all the night, Monday night, and as a matter of fact, we, he choked or aspirated or something Monday evening, and we felt the need to call the hospice nurse in, and she said, I doubt that he'll make it through the night. He slept all night. He woke up at 10 o'clock in the morning, and our older son, Doug, was there. He had spent the night with us. I think Don did, too. We all spent the night that, that night in the living room with him in the hospital bed because we really didn't think that, that we thought this was going to be it. He woke up on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock as alert and bright and coherent as I've ever known him to be, and he gave us this message. And I'm gonna read you what he told us, 
And then I'm going to read you the sermon. I'm going to deliver it the best I can that he dictated to, to me last night. We tried to get him to do this Thursday, and he wasn't able. We tried on Friday. He started it, but he just couldn't get through it. And Don and the kids left yesterday saying, well, we don't know. We don't think we're going to be able to get it out of him. And everybody left, and I took my chair up close to the bed, and I sat down, and I said, honey, this is it. We have no more time. If you want us to deliver this message, you've got to have the strength to do it. Let's pray that the Lord will give you the strength to get it out. And I have three pages of notes here, word for word, dictated by him. I am amazed at what God is doing. I am amazed day to day at what God is doing. I promise you I don't want to cry through this whole thing. But if you saw what we saw day after day, you'd cry too because it's amazing. We serve a great and mighty God. So he woke on Tuesday morning, as I said, at 10 o'clock, as bright and normal as he could be. And he told us that the angel of the Lord had visited him in the night and told him some very important things. Jim asked him, why haven't I seen... Uh, oh. Sorry. Why haven't I seen any heavenly lights or colors or things of heaven if I'm, if I'm going to go. And the angel said, it's not time for you to see foo-foo-y colors. Those were his exact words. It is time for you to fight the battle, and the color for you is army green, such as in battle fatigues. He told him it is not your time to die yet. I'm... I'm telling you something, folks. This is a bold statement. If you saw what I left at home this morning, you would think you're crazy. But I'm telling you the honest truth. God gave him this message. It wasn't a dream. He told him it's not his time to die, but that he has work to be done and he must prepare the saints for the battle. He told him that speaking in tongues is so very important to fight this battle and that he must preach the word without changing it at all, starting with a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which he was to study out and prepare for over a period of time and that he would prefer that Jim use the commentaries by Lester Summerall, which he's had in his library for many years, instead of Jimmy Swaggart. <laughs> Do you think God has a sense of humor or what? So as I said on Friday, though very, very confused, he started the mental outline process for the following message, and he finished it last night. And this is called, The Battle is On. 
Ephesians 6 and 12 is the first text, and if you want to go there, you'll be very, um, it's a very familiar passage. It tells us that we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air, Satan and his minions. And minions is a word, it's unusual. Jim doesn't use that word. It's not part of his vocabulary, but he's used it two or three times during the last couple of weeks. The soldiers of God, us, are under attack by the devil. But this scripture tells us that with a little more pressure, applied gently and skillfully, using the tools God gave us through the Holy Spirit, we will look back after the battle's over and see the victory that we've won. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I'm going to skip through some of these verses. Verse 8 through 11. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith, the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all of these work from the same Spirit, who divides to each man as he wills. And these will be the tools that we will be using to fight the battles that we will be facing. In Second Chronicles 20, again another familiar passage of Scripture, the children of Israel were up against a large harsh enemy. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mount Seirites were well positioned against the children of Israel. They really didn't have a chance in the natural. Can you catch the spiritual connotation of these passages to what's going on today? Verses 9 through 17, these are some paraphrased, but just to capture the uh, the highlights, if when evil, evil comes upon us with the sword, with judgment, with pestilence, or in famine, we stand. Let me go back to that first word. If when evil comes upon us, whether with the word, with judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence for thy name is in this house, and we cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And verse 12 says, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on thee. How many times over the last Months have we been spoken to those words, keep your eyes on God, not man, not any things surrounding that we see as a distraction, but our eyes are on thee. 
And verse 15, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. The Lord will be with you. When Jehoshaphat had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing his praises, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Just as he said, you don't fight this battle. You do what I tell you to do. You be prepared the way I tell you to prepare, and I will fight this battle for you. So how can we be prepared for this spiritual battle? By being filled with the Holy Spirit and following his lead. We need to be watching and ready to man our positions. And may I just say to the ladies how much we thank you and appreciate your prayers, your dedication, your, your time and your effort, all of the things that you're doing to do exactly this. Be watchful, be ready, be waiting, be in the position, be ready to march, sing, praise, and raise a standard against evil. But it is the Holy Spirit who wins the battle through us. Last Sunday morning, a message in tongues came forward and it was not interpreted. And if I give a message, I often have an overall sense of what, this, what the message is about, which I did last week. It was about the battle. But that's all I got, just those two words. So I didn't feel confident enough to begin an interpretation. But I went home and I told Jim about it and I told others about it, that it was about the battle. And this was before we knew anything of this message that Jim was going to birth. On Thursday, Becky and Sister Watson came to visit us. And as they were leaving, we had walked out to the, par I keep saying parking lot, to the driveway. It has been a parking lot of late. We've had a lot of company. But out to the driveway to see them off, and I told them about this. Sister Watson was standing there by, my, by her car, Becky's car, with her hands on her walker, so beautiful as she always is. And she looked up and she said, this battle is not ours. It is his. Jim was in the house. He knew nothing of this. It is his, and we must stand, follow him, look only to him. 
He will go before us. He will be our guard from the rear. He will be around us and he will prevail. Am I telling the right words? Can you believe what an orchestrator the Lord is through the Holy Spirit? It's just astounding. I was so thankful, my heart was so full. Number one, it was confirmation to me. Pray that if this occurs again, that I get two words. If I speak two words, you'll know the Lord gave them to me. They weren't my words. But that the Lord provides the interpretation however he will, so that we know what it is the message is saying to us. We don't understand how it is that Jim is fighting this battle, and that as weak as he is, <laughs> and the fact that God has taken him out of the hands of medicine, there, there is no more help, no more hope for medicine. He rests in God's hands alone. And yet this morning, He's, last night, he hadn't been sleeping for three nights in a row. None of us got any sleep for nights on end. Last night, I said, honey, tomorrow is Sunday. We're all really tired, and you didn't sleep at all the night before, although he did sleep most of yesterday, which none of us could. But, you know. So... What about if you take a melatonin and it just helps you to relax? Okay, we'd asked him three nights in a row, do you want a melatonin? Nope. <laughs> but last night he took the melatonin and he was relaxed. He didn't sleep soundly, soundly, but he did sleep. And I'm so thankful because so did I. <laughs> and um, that, that was a good thing, believe me. But anyway, back to the fact that God alone is holding him in his hands. This morning, his blood pressure was 138 over 69. His heart rate was 97, I think. Respiration is always in the mid-90s. What do you think? <laughs> I think God's got his hands right, right there, right underneath him. I really do. And we're praying for each of you that are helping us fight this battle through prayer, fasting. The ladies have started a fast on days of their choice and they've worked out a schedule and a program. I know God honors that kind of dedication. Food that you've brought, I can't even remember all of the things that have been brought. So gracious. The visits, he loves the visits. And kindnesses of all kinds that I, I just can't even begin to name. We stand today in this house with his name on it. to see the salvation of God. We stand in his presence and say, Lord, however you want to do it, however you want to get us through the battle, whatever it is, 
Make me ready. Make me willing. Make me usable and pliable by your Holy Spirit and your holy presence that we can see the salvation of God in and among this body of believers. God bless you. And with that, Don, if you would come. I've asked Donnie to close however he feels led. If he wants you to come forward, that's fine. If he wants you to stay there, whatever, that's fine too. I hope it blessed your heart. Yeah, Mom sent me the notes last night and said, uh, you close when I'm done. <laughs> and I doubt she knows what I'm going to say. Um, and it's not necessarily that anyone come up. Um, I think we'll close in prayer, and I think we'll also make sure we include these prayer requests here. Um, but what I wanted to say is not what I would have expected to say. Um, I don't know if anyone heard or wasted time reading about or being interested in the row between John MacArthur and Beth Moore. John MacArthur stated his opinion in the Baptist church, you know, John MacArthur stated his old opinion that, you know, she's stepped out of her role as a woman, you know, in ministering to men and others. And she needs, I think his words were, go home. And I thought, well, he's not been here. Thank God for the women in this church. <laughs> Last year, two of our board members, um, the Bobs, retired and uh, moved to Northern California. And I did the uh, annual business meeting and said, well, we're down to Henry and I. And I think it was Sharon, somebody said, well, is that okay? Oh, I think so. I am a lawyer, but I don't think I read the bylaws that closely. In the meeting, I checked the bylaws and said, no, we, haven't, we need to have a minimum of three. But the bylaws also said a woman can't serve as a, as a deacon of the church. And we really didn't have a choice. We changed the bylaws and voted Becky in as a deaconess of the church. Well, God brought that change about at a particular time because there weren't really, you know, I told mom a week or so ago, where are all the spirit-filled men that I would expect in this situation? I don't, I don't, we don't have a lot. So for us men, we gotta step it up. We need more of us, but it weren't, if it, and then mom just finished a sermon here just now. John MacArthur's not here to tell her to go home, thank God. <laughs> and we wouldn't have it. Thank God for the women of this church getting together on Saturdays to pray, to intercede, and to fast. Where would we be? That's a false understanding of scripture, obviously because God is moving in this church, moving amongst us all, and using the strong ladies of this church to be rocks at a time when the minister is down, 
and there's, there's just a few of us, just a few of us men doing the best we can. <laughs> but we're appreciative of the ladies of this church that God has founded in this body for so many years as such a, a bedrock of this church. Sister Watson and Becky and all of you, Mom and Audrey, and I can name you all. You've all been praying so hard and fasting and coming here and praying and lifting Dad up and lifting all of us up. And boy, is it powerful. It really is. And we appreciate you. I wanted to say that. It's not Mother's Day. It's just today. But we appreciate the ladies of this church, all of you doing all the work that you've done, the help that you've done, bringing food, offering prayers. It's very powerful and it's very appreciated. And it's God-ordained. So I don't care what John MacArthur has to say. I don't think I ever really did, but certainly not in that sense. Because um, God's in it. And if it were wrong, he wouldn't be in it. But he clearly is. With that, I would like to close in prayer. I'm going to remember the requests that are up here. We have a lot of needs that even weren't brought up earlier, and they're here, and we're going to continue to remember them. I believe that God can minister to these needs even as they're presented to him here. And then we'll dismiss in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're with us today. We thank you for your blessings over this church. We are a small body who has been through an unusual circumstance this year. And yet we've seen you move week after week. And the people of this church coming back to bless you and to be blessed week after week with the pastor here, not here, hospital. He was in the hospital in Vallejo for weeks. And the people come faithfully to this church to worship, to lift you up because we don't come here for a pastor. We don't come here for just one person. We come here to lift you up to bless your name and to give our sacrifice of praise. And you have honored that this year. And I thank you for the faithfulness of this people who come, even the new people who come and come again. With the pastor stricken with leukemia and unable to walk for going on nine months plus, you continue to move in your spirit in this place. You're not bound by a person you're not bound by walls and a roof, Lord God. You move where you move, where you will. And we thank you for your moving here in and amongst us, Lord God. And we welcome you, and we continue to look for you to move each and every week, to speak, to move, to impress in our hearts the will of God. And we pray that you touch, Lord God, each and every need that is laid out on the, on the altar before us here, Lord God. And we pray that you move in each and every one of those needs, Lord God, by your spirit. You know them, you see them, and you told us by your word here this year. You know us, you see us. Look to you, trust in you, depend upon you. You are our rock. You will go before us and you'll go behind us. Look to you and you will move. You said, you will not be mocked and the enemy will not prevail. And we believe it this morning. We pray that you bless each and every one of us, each and every one gathered here this morning. Go with us, Lord God, this week, moving in our hearts continually day by day. We know, Lord God, as we've seen in the fight we've been in, and, and, and everyone here has been a part of, it's not a Sunday to Sunday thing. The battle is on, and it goes on each and every day in our hearts, in our minds, in our jobs, in our families, 
Lord God, the battle is on. The enemy attacks. The enemy looks to divide. This is a very unified body, more, more than it probably ever has been. But the enemy will try to attack that. And that's why we have to surrender all to you. To get our hearts, or to get our hurts, to get our frustrations, plenty of frustration to go around this year, to get it out of the way and let you move. Because none of us is bigger than you and the move that you have for this church in this Bay Area. And we don't want to get in your way. Use us. We want to be prepared in our hearts for the battle. We want to be prayed up, read up, and ready to go for you, Lord God. We know the battle is yours. We know we have no strength or power to fight or do anything outside of you. So we want to be submerged in you. So fill us, guide us, direct us. Let us be attuned to the word of God, to your spirits moving in impressions. Let us be unified in one body, in one accord, Lord God, and let us see your Holy Spirit flow, starting here and going beyond. A revival is for the believers. A revival is for the believers. The, be the believers being revived. But like, the, like the, the, the miracles of God, it's a sign for the unbelievers to see what is going on there. What is that? What is the noise coming out of that little building? It's a joyful noise to God and it's you moving. And we wanna see the gusher open up in this place, Lord God. The oil come forth, let it flow and let people come from far and wide to see what is the power moving in that place. We wanna know, we wanna see it, we wanna feel it and let souls be saved. That is all that matters here, God. Not, not so much us, not even so much our ailments and our difficulties in this life because you have an eternal focus. This life comes and it goes, but something comes after for everyone. And you have an eternal focus on souls. So we deal with a lot in this life. We deal with persecutions, we deal with ailments, we deal with a lot of challenges. But if you can work all these things for good, if you can work, Lord God, as we know your word says, you will work all things to good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So God, we ask this morning, in each of our lives, the things we deal with, work it all for good and let hearts be touched and souls be saved. Go with us this week, we pray in your holy name. Amen.